Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, so I think we've got a connection. Yes, we do. So if you give me just a couple of seconds of silence, and then I'll start it and I can edit it. Okay, he's on his way down, so give him a minute. You ready? Yeah. Okay, he's here. Okay. All right, there you go. You can hear him and he can hear you. What's up, buddy? Okay, you got to give me a couple of seconds of silence and then it will start. All right. Well, hello, everybody out there in podcast land. This is Tom, and this is Tom's podcast. And today I got a special guest on. And uh, I've uh, known Ronnie for quite a little while now. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself and what you do in particular. Hey guys, Ronnie. this is Ronnie Greg from uh, Sudden the Experience. So, uh, I guess you could say we're a Tom Petty tribute band. <laughs> How's it going? It, it's going pretty good considering everything. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And uh, how are you holding up? Uh, I know you know you make money off of performing, and you guys have been shut down. My uh, younger brother, he's a bass player. He's been out of work ever since this happened. So, but how are you holding out? Uh, I'm I'm hanging in there. Uh, you know, and like you said, this this most definitely sucks in the worst way you can imagine, and not just for us, obviously, but for tons of other friends that we know that are in the same business, and not just musicians, sound guys, and roadies, and you know, just the whole nine, just like the business pretty much got shut down overnight but uh me and a lot of the guys are doing some odd jobs date stuff you know just to to help make ends meet so we kind of all went back to the real world <laughs> for now anyway yeah. yeah i know it's it's sad but uh things will improve things are going to turn around i agree uh for one thing i don't think constitutionally they can keep us all barricaded in our homes they just can't do that yeah i mean i really think um you know, at some point soon, this is going to have to end because people have got to eat and feed their families and and we got to get the economy back on track, you know. Yes, most definitely. Well, you know, when you guys first started, um, well, it's like with any tribute band, I've seen some really, really um, crappy ones, not, not particularly any Tom Petty ones, but... Um, Ozzy and uh, a couple other Kiss. Lots of them out there, yeah. A lot of good There's ones. Lots, lots of them lots out there. Good ones, yeah. <laughs> but what impressed me about you guys were the more you played, the bigger the places you were playing, and the more packed they got. I mean, I mean, there were a couple of them there. It looked like there was a sellout. Oh, there were several. Yeah, we've just been, uh, you know, we've just been. We feel really blessed to do what we do, and. Um, and you know i'm not going to take all the credit on that we have a really good agent too so he has a quite a bit to do with the behind the scenes stuff and these really nice places and you know live nation right well you know i i don't know if you know this but i'm a tom petty fanatic you know she said yeah blackie said you were a tom petty fanatic so yeah as as i'm I'm sure you figured out already (laughs) I could tell you, I could tell you down to uh, every guitar that they used on different albums, and uh, you know, all, all that good. Oh stuff. no, you may know more than me then, because yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just yeah, you know, I'm just good with the songs, and uh, just been hearing the music my whole life, you know. Yeah. Well, I know how to imitate. Uh, Tom Petty's voice. Let's hear it. Let's you know hear how to imitate it. Jeff. <laughs> That's it. Let's hear it. Oh, not right now. Maybe I got music. Okay, next here. time I see you in person, though, I want to hear that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I, no, I've learned how to, um, like uh, Rich Little, you know, kind of uh, impersonate their voices. But 
you know, a lot of other people, my wife tells me all the time, damn, you, I was singing a Jeff Lynn song one day that was playing on the radio and she goes, you sounded exactly like him. And I go, well, that's because I'm imitating him. And she got mad at me because I said it was imitating. <laughs> well, that's all you can do when you try to sing someone else's stuff. And I think, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. You know, it really is. And if you can come close to sounding like anyone, you know, there's not many people I can sound. I can kind of sound like Dave Mustaine, too, when I want to. I will not um, unveil that right now. But uh, <laughs> there's videos somewhere on YouTube, I'm sure, of me creating a, a Megadeth song. Um, and I've had people tell me I sound like Mark Knopfler, like all kinds of weird stuff, you know, but Tom, I could get the Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I could sing like, you know, money for nothing and, you know, so far away from me really well, you know, I'm sure I could kill it in karaoke, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I was a child of the, uh, MTV era, like a lot of other people, but you know, I'm a little older than most people. Um, in 77 was the first time I seen uh, Tom Petty play. Awesome. And they opened up for, uh, what's the name of that band that had Radar Love? Oh, uh, Golden uh, Earring. Oh, Golden Earring. That's it. And uh, they opened for them. And I was just like totally blown away, you know, at the end of the show. And I had to go out and get the uh, the album right away. You know, to hear I'm sure. Was that the, I'm assuming the first or second album, probably. I think the first album came out in 76, you're, I believe. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yep. So second album, right on, right on, yep. which is a great that album. That was the second dude. album. I knew nothing of them, never heard of them. It's just they were the opening act. And uh, the tickets were 98 cents. You know, it was a radio <laughs> promotion show. They don't do those anymore. Yeah, what happened in those they days? Yeah. They can't afford to do it. Yeah, I mean, all touring is the only way, uh, I, I think, you know, that most musicians and, and merchandise uh, is really how bands are making a living because it's definitely not the way record sales used to be. I mean, we won't even get into that. But, I mean, if you sold under 5 million records back in the 80s, I mean, you were pretty much a nobody. (laughs) And and if you sell a million records, you're like the hottest thing out there. So it's um, a lot of it's all, you know, the Internet changed all that, you know, with the digital downloads. And then who wants to pay for music when you you can go on YouTube and, and stream it for free? You know, I mean, so it's. The, the internet really killed um, the music business in some way because you can't go on yeah. YouTube and watch any movie you want to watch. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's not the same. However, you can watch some movies on YouTube though, because I have watched several. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on YouTube. Um, every once in a while, you catch unless you got the premium, you get caught with the uh, the ads every once in a while, right? But- a lot of the stuff I've been watching lately, uh, no, I mean, there's nothing. That... Right. You know, you're right about the music industry, and I guess the only way that bands are going to get supported is by merchandise and ticket sales at their shows. Yeah, that's really the only way. And then, you know, people forget too. you know, there's the cost of travel and sometimes hotels in there. And then if you have an agent, you know, they get a percentage and there's just a lot of, you know, most bands aren't setting the world on fire, you know, I mean, and not to say some aren't doing good and doing all right, but they're, you know, you can make a living off of it. And, you know, that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for my taste anyway, I mean, I'm sure there's people making way better than, than I make and we make, you know, but we're still kind of climbing the ladder. But our goal is to be the best Tom Petty tribute band out there. And, you know, and um, and I think we're, we're doing a good job at slowly getting there. And uh seems like the shows people really, you know, seem to get into the shows and we'll look out and everybody's singing the words and all that good stuff. And that means a lot to us because at the end of the day, we're just big fans too. Uh, right. So it's, it's just a privilege for us to to get out there and play these great songs and for people to actually appreciate the way we're playing them too, you know? Yeah. Well, some of my favorite Tom Petty stuff was his uh, solo albums. 
Oh, mine too, for sure. Full Moon Fever was one of the best. I mean, that stayed in my CD player for a good year, you know, when that came out. Yeah, I mean, um, he was an artist that uh, transcended uh, a career, and it's hard to do nowadays. You know, you got people that pop up. A lot of these people you see on TV right now, I say 10 years from now, it'll be hard to even think that they're still in business, you know, doing that for a living. Absolutely. Um, And I don't have anything against this girl that she's been on. Um, Her. H-E-R. Yeah, we're, uh, we've actually met them. Uh, They've, uh, they've hung out in Nashville quite a bit. Female singer, blonde Uh hair. I can't remember her name, but yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. Well, that's what she goes by. That's her name. Her. Her, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she wears these big round rim glasses, and I guess she's trying to set a fashion trend, but I don't see that lasting. Well, it's, you know, I applaud a lot of the up-and-coming original bands, I really do, because it's it's so hard. I don't care how great you are, how good you look, any of that stuff. It just, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter anymore like it used to, you know. I feel like most of music has went just so mainstream and, and it, you know, it's become dance, poppy, you know, hip hop revolution kind of thing and nothing against any of those genres. I, I like stuff from all those genres, but uh, even country music's not country music anymore. You know, everything has no, just changed no. so much. No, it's uh, turned into country rock. Yeah. It sounds like watered down eighties hair metal. A lot of the stuff. You know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just a softer production. That's all. But you know, everything has just changed. I'm so old school. I'm still stuck in the seventies and eighties, you know, and early nineties, I believe. <laughs> Never really yeah. came that. I trend to listen to that stuff right now. Um I right now on um Sirius Radio or X XM, they've been doing uh, they took one of their channels and turned it into a Led Zeppelin channel. Oh I've been right. to that the last couple of days. Very cool. Yeah. So um, I have to mention the insight. Well, they got a Tom Petty channel too. Oh yeah. That stays on uh, when we're on the road. We love the serious satellite stuff, you know, and the Tom Petty thing. And of course, hair nation and Bozzy's boneyard. And right. Classic vinyl, deep cuts, all that stuff where we, we hop through a couple of the guys in the band love bluegrass and stuff like that. So we're, we're all over the map. And of course we like the, the dirty comedy stuff too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> raw, raw comedy. Raw comedy stuff is great on there. And uh, I, I need to say this too, you know, just for a little uh, shameless self-promotion here, I am working on my first solo record with a, uh, the very talented guy. You may remember uh, the band except I'm sure. Right. Yes, I did. Uh, Peter Baltus, the bass player from except him and I are working on a, uh, uh, on a solo album for myself. Were they a German? They, correct, they, yeah. Yes, and they had Balls to the Wall. Balls to the Wall was their big one, Fast as a yeah. Shark, a lot of good stuff. But Peter is an extremely talented guy, and uh, he's working with a lot of different artists right now. He actually just played bass on uh, Mick Mars's upcoming solo record that's coming out. But uh, we started the record last year, and then my father passed away, my sister passed away, so we took a little time off, and then he's still back and forth to Germany. And right. um, so, and then we started to work on the record again at the end of February and early March, and then the pandemic happened. So, once again, uh, it's almost like we're making a Def Leppard album or something. It's, it's probably going to take some time, you know, to get it done, but it's going to be way. It's really, really good. And, um, to get some of my own music out there well another thing well have you ever heard of a zoom hd 1600 i have absolutely yeah it's really cool to have one of those because you can pretty much uh do your own demos with that yeah there's so many i mean you could have a great studio in your bedroom now you know yeah i know even if you don't have a real drummer there's you know What's that one drum drum plug in? It's called uh, Superior Drummer. 
it's yeah. basically live drums, just a ton of loops of live drums, and then you just yeah. put them and the fills together. And, and we've done a couple of tracks like that on my uh, album, and you can't even tell that it's not a real drummer. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah, I know that. Well, you know, Kiss did that. I don't know if you know that. When uh, Peter Chris left the band, uh, well, he's actually he wasn't showing up. He wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. And Bob Ezra uh, went in and uh, used a drum machine to create all the drum tracks. Same with yet yeah, the Def Leppard stuff. I didn't. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't realize Pyromania is a drum machine, but it's. I listen to it now, and you can totally tell it's a drum machine. But back then, you know, it sounded. You know, the production stellar. It sounded real for sure. But now, and you can hear it come through. This is true. Yep. I mean, Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about um, you have a guitar sponsorship, don't you? I do, man, with a really great company. Uh, They're called Vintage Guitars. um, And I have to give props to my. My good friend Philip Schaus, uh, who plays in Simmons and Ace Frehley, uh, and the Rock and Roll Residency, a local Nashville, great '70s, you know, cover band that plays here a lot with a lot of special guests. Um, I noticed they were playing on my set in with the Residency here and there, and I tried one day, and I was kind of blown away. His guitars, I was like, wow. Well, that's quite a compliment to you. For them to go ahead and you know sponsor you guys absolutely it it means a lot and it's helped a lot they actually put me in a guitar magazine too which was you know uh, a dream of mine to always be in a guitar magazine and um but yeah i mean i I tried them out and i told philip hey i'm going on the road and and he put in a good word for me and next thing you know you know now i've got two telecasters a strat (laughs) and all amazing guitars they stay in tune really good so definitely all you listeners check out vintage guitars well worth the money and it's a quarter you know of what you would pay or a third of what you would pay for a les paul or a or a strat etc right right though i have found some strats that i bought for like 25 bucks that were really good, you know. Guitars. Oh, for sure. And no, and don't get me wrong. I've owned tons of guitars, oh. and I. Love- but that's used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love them too. I love you know. I love Ibanez's. I love um like that. So, but I, you know, vintage is definitely and and they cater to a lot of different styles. They got great country guitars. Yeah. They got great classic rock blues style guitars they've got guitars now for like 80s metal and the reverse headstocks and they're coming out with flying v's and all that stuff now so they're a really wow. cool company man definitely well, check them out boy. i hope they don't get sued by gibson <laughs> no i think their designs are slightly off and they're not calling on anything like the like you can't say oh this is a telly even though it's um it looks like a telly and sounds and plays like a telly. You just can't call it a telly. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, and uh, I talk on the show all the time about the difference in guitars and stuff. And there's a lot of people out there that are novice. And if you're a professional, you're probably not listening to me anyhow. <laughs> but um, there's so many different companies making Strat versions that. Uh, it gets um, mixed up. There's so many. Yeah, there's so many. And there's good ones. I mean, even the Epiphones, there's great Epiphones. There's great. Um, uh, I've got friends who love the Schecters and, and that kind of stuff that have similar, right. you know, strat style bodies, but um, just a little bit different, a little bit more modern, as long as you keep it. You know, I'll tell you a company you cannot mess with for sure is Rickenbacker because I've tried to get <laughs> vintage to make me a Rickenbacker. No, no, they, they won't touch it, you know. So maybe, um, maybe Tom Petty was able to get a. He had an. Well, no, yeah. they do. Well, let's put it this way they do make China boxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen. And, and they I've look like not what I really want. So, you know. Well, the couple I've seen were pretty. Their only difference was, is the R on the tailpiece. Right. It it was turned a wrong way. 
on a regular rick it's uh it's in line with the strings the r is right up. but the r's on this other copies are uh turned the other way where they're you'd have to put the guitar tail you know um neck up and then look at it and say, there's the arm. Exactly. I mean, I've watched some unboxing videos and stuff of people getting them, you know, delivered, and then they're taking them out of the box, and then they're giving their critiques, and there were some better ones and some not so good. But, uh, I mean, I ordered a bathroom mat three months ago, I guess, from China, and it still hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> you know? It's like, when am I ordering a guitar? When's it going to come? You know, it may get here by, by next year, if I'm lucky right now, the way things are going. So, Well, yeah, you don't know. I mean, once it gets to the United States, it pretty much, if you order it through Amazon or somebody like that, it comes Well, right I ordered away. my bathroom mat through Amazon and paid the shipping and everything, and I ordered it at the end of February, and now they're saying it's going to arrive on May 29th. I'll check today, actually, because I've got my bathroom, like, decked yeah. out in this ocean decor type stuff, you know, <laughs> so it's like I'm ready for it yeah. to get here to complete my bathroom. Well, I've always strived to want to get a Rickenbacker. Same here. They're very but, expensive. But I just don't have the dollars. Yep. I don't have, like, Mike Campbell, that one that's on um, – Damn the torpedoes! Yep, that's Mike's guitar. I think, I think he paid one hundred fifty bucks or three hundred, something like that. Right. And if you go on YouTube, the, he's talking about that. And now it, oh, uh, I love that video. And now that guitar is probably, um, well, it's seeing how it's Mike Campbell on, it's probably priceless. But I guarantee you, if you just went to buy that guitar now, you're looking at you know five figures easily. Well, you also own another quality guitar that um, ha- has to be mentioned, a Martin. Got a Martin, yep. Uh, I love them as well. Uh, I was playing, uh, I had a little cheap when we started the band, because I didn't realize, you know, when we started the Tom Petty tribute that it was going to take off like it did. I was playing like a Takamini, and so playing a Takamini. Our keyboard player, Jeff, who's extremely talented, he was like, hey, Ronnie, I've got a uh, like a 1966 Martin. Would you like to play it on stage? And I was like, I would love to play that on stage. And I fell in love with that guitar. It just sounded so rich and, and big sounding. And um, so, I mean, I used his for several months until I could afford to go get my own. And um, and now, yeah, I just, you know, and nothing against the vintage acoustics, too. They're really nice as well. But um the Martin thing just seems to work better for what we're doing on the acoustic end of it. Uh, and just, like I said, I could bust it out at a party or something, not even plugged in. And it sounds right. amazing. So it is a, uh, an acoustic electric. Huh? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I got a, uh, a couple of Tikamons and, uh, I got one dreadnought, which is just a plain throw around, take to the campfire dreadnought and then i got a cutaway that's electric uh, acoustic and um but that one dreadnought that i've got and i bought it at a salvation army and i got it for like 25 bucks and i swear when i get with people that have martins and they hear that guitar they go that sounds better than my guitar you said it was a tack of me I butcher that every time I say it. If you see, um, you know, Garth Brooks and stuff, I mean, a lot of country guys play those and they have really good ones too. Like they've got more top of the line ones. And mine was just kind of, I'd got mine for like 120 bucks or something. And, um, and it still played good. I actually sold it to a buddy of mine about a year ago and he loves the guitar because he's just now learning how to play guitar. So it works great for him. And, um, I've already got a house full of guitars. <laughs> it's like, I need me too. One. Yeah, it's kind of an addiction. I play, you know, I play around years ago. I used to play, um, and then I got involved with uh, producing a music video show in the area. Blackie was part of it, and um, I got involved in that for 
almost 14 years. The, and the, now the it's been metal masters. Yes. Yes. I've seen a lot of those. That, that was a man. If I lived in Florida back then, I would have definitely watched that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people did, but that's old ancient history. Nobody knows me anymore. Um, well, we still know you, dude. We think the world of you, and we appreciate you doing that back then. Because I'm sure a lot of the '80s rock guys did as well. You know, great promotion for them. Well, I contribute a lot of the success to people like uh, Blackie, Artie Edmonds, and uh, Michelle LaRose. Um, they all put in a hundred percent on it. Oh, another person, Mike Browning. He's uh, he was a great interviewer. Um, we had our moments with some, a lot of famous people, but, um, Oh yeah. I've seen Blackie's interviews with like Jack Russell and, uh, Steve from kicks and, uh, Peter from type on Like yeah, a lot of people, you know, she showed me some interviews. I saw one with her, with Kevin Dubrow. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh huh. Yeah. Kevin Dubrow's kind of, uh, I don't know how to take him. He made comments after we had uh, interviewed him that weren't really favorable to me. But Well, I hate to I talk know. ill of the dead, but, yeah, I think he was kind of a bitter type guy from what I've heard of him. And, you know, I, I like Quiet Riot, especially those first couple records, you know. And definitely, you know, there would have been no Quiet Riot without Randy Rhodes. And I'm a diehard Randy Rhodes fanatic. Um, right. I mean, and the other thing is, we can't talk bad about the dead, right? You know? Right. And I never met Kevin. Nothing. I'm friends with uh, with Frankie online, and he's actually battling pancreatic cancer right now, which I feel like is sad. He seems wow. like a really good guy. Never met him either, but he seems like a great guy. You know. Yeah. No, most part, everybody was pretty cool back then. Um, had a, you know. There were a couple of people that uh, it started out rough and then later on we got back with them to do more interviews and it was so easy. Um, uh, remember Blind Melon? Oh, for sure. No Rain was the big hit. Yeah. Yes. A B-girl stupid video. Well, when we first interviewed them, uh, Artie was doing the interview and uh I don't know. Shannon Hoon was the singer. He kind of thought we were anti-world. Uh, we were the the news media. We were going to twist and uh, distort everything. And we weren't there. We were just there to talk to them about them and their music. And right. Well, when it came out, you know, Artie said called him Carrot Boy and all this stuff, but. Later on, they came back and they played uh, Janice Landing here in Tampa. Well, it's actually St. Pete. I love St. Pete, man. I wish, man, we were supposed to be in Florida next week. I hate to bring that up. We had to cancel our vacation this year. But I love wow. Florida. I love the Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area. Just all through there. It's just absolutely gorgeous. I love Safety Harbor. Just all through there. Yeah, remember we hung out uh, over there. Um, bucket. Oh, no, it was... Uh, Mugs and jugs, I think it was. And that's in Clearwater, I, I believe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've kind of changed it now. They've, somebody bought them out. They changed the name, and it's not the same. They don't really have bands playing there anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. That's happening here, too. I mean, uh, hell, our best rock club here, one of the best rock clubs here, had a tornado rip through it right before the pandemic. So, um, so a lot of the rock clubs, I mean, back in the day, there was rock clubs everywhere here. You know, you could go to 40, 50 different great rock clubs, you know, on a weekend. Yeah. And now there's maybe like a dozen, you know, so it's not to say there's not clubs yeah. here. There's a lot of country music, et cetera, you know, obviously in Nashville. But even that is shut down right yeah. now you know until oh. uh we're going through this i'm sure y'all are too the phase thing and until it reaches phase three there's there will be no live music in nashville and right now we're on phase one so and they're kind of doing it but like a two-week trial period kind of thing to see if the the numbers get better or all that stuff so we're hoping to get back on the road we still have some shows next month that um haven't officially been canceled or postponed yet, but a lot of our really big stuff this year has been canceled and postponed. 
until next year. So if nothing else, hopefully we'll be really busy next year and, and can get back to work and doing what we like to do. Well, it's real shame because, um, other than seeing you on, uh, you know, video, I haven't been able to experience you guys live and, I really wanted to come out and see a show. And- we don't do Florida as much as I like, man. I think we've done, uh, I believe we've done five shows in Florida. We played at Epcot Center. We played uh, a club in Tallahassee. We played a club in Panama City, uh, someplace in Weirsdale, which is like up there near Gainesville. And we played uh, Gainesville for Tom Petty's birthday bash yeah. last year. And that was amazing. Yeah. That was one of the best ones we've done in Florida for sure. You know, I was wanting to go up there to that thing, but I had something going on at the time. I couldn't make it. Well, I'm sure we'll and, be back, uh, man. We were working on some more Florida dates before all this. We're hoping to get closer to Tampa and Clearwater. And, but there's a couple other Tom Petty tributes who we're friends with, and I'm not going to knock those guys or nothing, but, you know, they've already been playing down there before us and yeah, and I get it. They've got a relationship with the clubs and I totally understand, you know, but uh eventually so we'll about, make our way down there. Well, what about Texas? You know, we haven't done a show in Texas. We've played in California, we passed through Texas, uh, but yeah, it's uh, our agent is based out of Chicago, so uh uh-huh. we get a lot of stuff in the Midwest and North and northeast pretty much side and we've done a few things you know like we've been to iowa a couple times and um you know in nebraska and places like that but uh we haven't really hit the west coast as hard as we'd like to yet um we did just do the bahamas however though and that was great right before the pandemic (laughs) yeah i I love the bahamas beautiful down there i could have just stayed down there and lived happily ever after you know (laughs) Yeah, but then, you know, there's a lot of poor people there. Oh, yeah. If you're in the resort area, it's one thing. But if you've ever gone back up into the um, where the regular people live, it's uh, pretty brutal. Yeah, we they don't have running water. We didn't get to explore it as much as we wanted because we did a crew. We did the uh, Impractical Jokers cruise, the television show. Uh, those guys are great. Uh, and we, we met some legendary Clearwater comedians and stuff down there, like Ron Bennington was on the boat, you know, super nice guy. He's actually gave us props on his radio show a couple times now, which he really enjoyed the band. And, um, well, met the guy who directed in- the airplane movies and directed the scary movies. And, uh, we, guy that plays uh-huh. Jason in Friday the 13th, the Kane Hodder guy. So we met all these cool people and, they were feeding us for free. We were drinking for free. So I was like, I kind of didn't want to go home. <laughs> yeah. Once you get on that cruise ship, you don't never. Want oh, to go it was home. great. And we're, we're <laughs> lucky that that even got to happen. Cause like I said, that was in February, right before I think we did a couple more shows after that. And then the COVID-19 thing came along and just shut you know, everybody down overnight. So, yeah. Yeah. Like they threw a switch. Yeah, it usually doesn't happen like that, but in this case, it did, and I don't think anyone saw it coming. And, um, but I mean, hell, even you know, Blackie and I, we went to go see Jeff Tate. You know, the first week in March here in Nashville at a club, and and they were just starting to say, "Don't go out if you don't have to." But I'm like, man, Jeff's doing the Rage for Order and Empire album in its entirety. Gotta go. Uh Yeah, he was the pipes behind that whole operation. He's amazing. And uh, you could probably, you can get somebody else to come in, but it's not. He's amazing. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And uh, the band was great. However, and I don't even really care, but they were playing with backing tracks, I believe, to you know, to make it sound uh, a little bit more like the band. Like, I think a lot of the background vocals and stuff like that were but right. you know it, he was still singing the guitar player was still playing guitar and so he had a really good band his daughter actually opened the show and she was really good too same band her daughter had the same band as he had yeah well you know i've actually went and watched uh bands uh particularly like church bands and 
they're up there playing, and I know what key they're playing in, but I look up at them playing their guitars, and they're not nowhere on the neck where they need to be. And, you know, I keep going up. Yeah. They're playing track. That's a common thing now, and that's one good thing I can say about our tribute band. It is pure old school live music. The only click track that we have running, our uh, drummer wears in-ears, and he has a click track playing in his in-ears, and that's it, just to keep the band. He doesn't even need it. I mean, Tony's phenomenal drummer. So, But it's just a little bit of a crutch to make sure the band's in perfect time. But beyond that, you know, me and Bob, the guitar player, we've always played really great together since the first day we met. And um, he used to play with Dolly Parton for a while. So he's just a world-class guitar player. The whole band is just phenomenal players. They make my life so much easier, (laughs) you know, Uh, because I'm more of a guitar player than anything. I've never really thought of myself as a singer so much, and I always wanted to be the next, you know, Eddie Van Halen or whatever, but it just didn't work out that way. (laughs) Yeah, well, I know all the little um, Van Halen little tricks, you know. Oh, yeah, right hand hammer holes and tap. The hammering, the hammering with the two Oh, yeah. He brought a lot once you learn that little technique, oh, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, I'll show people that. Like, I teach guitar too. And once I love seeing someone's face when you first show them, like a, a right hand hammer on or tap lick, however you want to call it, to somebody and they do it, they're like, man, it's like they automatically have, like, I can do this look in their eye. And I love that, you know, it's because, yeah, it's really not that difficult. You just have to have a little bit of rhythm and apply yourself. Well, you got to know where to hit it at. Right. The bar, by broad right. It just takes a little bit of patience. And, and cause I, dude, I, my dad taught me a lot of, uh, about guitar and it did not come overnight. I mean, I spent three years, I think, before I, I even started to become decent guitar player. I mean, it took time cause we didn't have YouTube and all that back when I was, you know, I'm 42 years old now. So it was, uh, different time when I was growing up in the early nineties and learning how to play. And, um, and plus music changed right when I was learning how to play music was changing. I mean, I was all into the, the eighties rock thing. And the next thing you know, there's Nirvana. There's, and don't get me wrong. I love Allison chain and a lot from the nineties, oh, not yeah. a big Nirvana fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I was impressed. That with was the better unplugged. than some of their stuff. Yeah, I liked a lot of the unplug stuff. I really did. Uh, and you know, when you look at the uh, Nirvana stuff, right before Nevermind, the two albums before that were like I I couldn't get into them, but something come in, and either they ha- had you know in the studio. I've never really studied their album to see who was behind it but uh something happened they got a lot better o- over the next yeah, three hours i mean i appreciate you know? there are certain nirvana songs i like um I-, I think my favorite song from them was that cover tune from the meat puppets the um where the bad folks go when they die don't yeah i can't remember the name of the song right. but that was a that was a really cool song um and now the big funny thing on the internet is the puddle of mud dude singing <laughs> Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Pretty laughable. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy that sings. Uh, exactly. Like yeah. And I, I, it looked like it was a 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. radio thing. And he probably just woke up and probably not the best time to attempt that song. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, right. even with the time, I mean, I'm not. I'm not the greatest singer in the world by no means. Like when we do refugee and here comes my girl, some of the tougher vocal Tom Petty ones, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's taxing on the vocals. It really is. It's like, uh, you go do three or four nights in a row of that. And it's like, man, (laughs) my voice don't feel that great. Well, a lot of things I learned over the years, I would ask singers, little you know cutesy little questions about you know how they reached a certain note and um 
almost all of them have. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. And uh, another another little trick they don't they don't like to tell people, but like Mark Slaughter, he told me that uh, to keep his throat lubricated, he would drink beef bouillon, and they would keep little pieces of uh, rare steak on stage, kind of warm. And as he took breaks, he'd go over there and chew down a piece of that steak. Wow. Being real juicy. Yeah, that's the first. I've never heard that. And uh, I've heard of a lot of other singers doing that. It coats their throat and it makes them able to, you know, you know, those guys, they could hit. He could hit. Oh, Mark was great. And he lives in Nashville, too. We run into him occasionally. Uh, The last time I saw him, it was really funny. Uh, He saw me and Blackie at like a clothing store downtown one day and and i've got a pretty good size foot i wear a size 11 and he's looking at my boots and and he said something along the lines of man you know what they say about guys that wear big shoes they got big feet <laughs> i was like yeah concunch. i was like okay yeah lady <laughs> that's where it went because it was funny yeah it really was well when I was hanging out with those guys, I was pretty close to the other guys in the band. Not so much uh, him or Dana, right. Dana Strom, but uh, Bloss Elias and uh, uh, I hate even talking about it. Tim Kelly. He, he yeah. died. Uh, he was uh, awesome, man. I yeah, love Tim Kelly. Kelly. And I get, I get and the way he died was tragic as well. Uh, yes. Yep, he was mangled in a uh, whatever. I heard like a truck or something. Yeah, yep. It's like it. Yeah, that's not good, man. He was. Yeah, and and they've got what's his name now, Jeff Blondo, and he's great too. Um, Yeah, Jeff Blondo. He, uh, yeah, he was like their guitar tech, but he was a good guitar. Yeah, he's got that Zach Wild type. Um, sound and vibrato and all that, you know, two year reminds me of. But you know, it's funny. Tim, his brother, is just as talented as uh, uh, he was. And you never hear anything from him. We used to go over there and sit around and he would play the piano or the guitar. And I go, man, you ought to be out playing somewhere. But I guess he was uh, wealthy enough, or barely wealthy enough. To was he any work. any famous bands or anything like that? Or no, they're no. he was a Florida this guy, right, Florida. Tim Kelly? No, no, they were. Oh, uh, okay. I thought he was LA. maybe from Florida for some reason. No, no, they were they were from lot. Well, let's put it this way. When he got his career started, it was in Los Angeles. That's right. I remember yeah, Vincent the uh, Benny Vincent invasion and all that. And that's where Mark got his kind of start at. And uh, I mean, I know Slaughter kind of got their MTV helped them. And then they got that Kiss tour, I think the Hot in the Shade tour with Kiss or something. And that really helped them quite a bit, I believe. Well, it was because of the uh-huh. Benny Vincent tie in. And Mark's a great guy. He's super, super nice. Every time I've met him, he's been nothing but nice. I mean, there's a, a lot of A-Rock guys are in Nashville. It's crazy. I'm friends with guys now who I never thought I would ever be friends with, you know. Hell, I've got to play with Eric Brittingham from Cinderella a handful of times. And like I said, Peter's, you know, working on my record. And um, I got to play with Ron Kill down here one yeah. time uh, when he was in town. He's originally from Nashville. Um Blackie and I are friends with Rachel from who lives in Nashville now. And he's super, super nice guy. Um, so it's like just all these people. We just like, wow, I can't believe, you know, Kip Winger, you know, we've met him, Paul Taylor did a session for Paul Taylor. Oh, yeah. I did a session for Kip Paul uh, a few months back and man, what a nice guy, you know, <laughs> and like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, all really nice guys. Every once in a while, you'll run into one that's a uh, a total a hole. But um, I could go on about. Oh yeah, guys. no, no, no. I'm you know, I'm not. I'm not even. Going to, 
Right. Not Most of the credit, famous so. people who had success in the music business here that I've met have actually been pretty cool. Um, you know, there haven't been too many people that I've been like, man, what an, what an asshole, you know, but most of them have, you know, like I said, I've become friends with some of them and it's, it's kind of ironic that man, I used to wear that record out when I was, a, you know, back in when I was a kid learning how to play music and now it's like, Oh, I'm friends with that guy, you know? So it's, yeah. that's, that's the fo- funny thing about Nashville or LA or something, I guess. Cause you know, you find out that these people are just regular people like you and I, you know, they're no difference. Maybe had well, a little bit more success than you and right. I've had, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really never pursued a career in music. Um, at one time, I was very, very proficient in the guitar. Um, I could play just about anything and everything. And But then I got married, and she couldn't stand me singing. Or oh, that's playing. a problem, yeah. So, <laughs> And I put, I gave it up. I gave up the guitar and, um, and all that. And then many years later, my new wife, Tammy says, she, she heard me play something on a guitar and she goes, why don't you have a guitar playing it again? And it all started, uh, with that, uh, dreadnought that I bought. And uh, ever since then, it's been a roller coaster oh, buying guitars. <laughs> now, some of them I bought to resell, but with this economy right now, I'm holding. Yeah, on. as much as I'd like to buy another one right now, I'm I'm having to say no. <laughs> We're gonna have to wait until things get a little better. But uh... yeah, I think the last one I bought was a Firefly. I don't know if you Firef- know I know I've heard guitars. of them. I know I've heard of them. They're... Yeah, well, other than the uh, the uh, the pickups, they're made pretty pretty good. If you get one, the, the pickups are kind of microphonic, and I would recommend if you bought one, upgrade the tuners and put some new uh, pickups in it, and nice. you'll have a high-quality guitar. But but the last one I bought was a, uh, a copy of a Gibson three. Oh, got you. A bright, bright red one. Uh, yeah, the like Lucille type guitar. guitar. Yeah, Lucille, and I pull it out every once in a while and play it. But um, it's just really not my favorite one right now. So. But I get Our guitar player uh, has a similar, it's a red one too, body shape, but it's a 12 string and it's a Hagstrom. Have you heard of Hagstrom guitars? Those are very nice guitars. Yes, That's a wonderful sound in 12 string. I actually played it on a couple of gigs when we, uh, when we first started doing this, just me to get the 12 string thing. But now you just play the 12 string parts and, and I'll just, we figured it all out of it. You know, to get the right guitar yeah, sounds and the right illusion because that's really tom's music there's a lot of guitars it's um guitars and the keys play a huge part in tom's music and um if you take the keys out i mean it sounds like a garage band it sounds kind of flat you know well exactly so keyboards for <laughs> you know and uh, I, I, from what I heard, he put out. Yeah, he's been doing a handful of dates around California, I believe. And um, as Ron Blair has to, you know, a lot of those guys. And hell, Steve Ferroni, uh, mm-hmm. he's been out playing with other tribute bands. And hell, he was doing like a Loverboy tribute or something, mm-hmm. I think, for a minute. And he's just going out and yeah, doing his thing. Right. You got one of the world's greatest drummers. I mean, he's a human metronome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, didn't you meet up with? Uh, I, I I did. He uh, not too long ago. The new guy after the new guy. Yeah, his show <laughs> on Tom Petty Radio. Yeah, he's got his own. Sh- yeah, like radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I great, man. It he seems like he's he was very nice to us too. Yeah, he did a, uh, a real famous uh, drum store here that actually relocated in Nashville called Forks. 
And when they had the grand opening weekend, him and a couple other like famous jazz drummers or something like that showed up and, um, and, and like did their little, you know, their demonstrations and stuff. And it, it was killer. We went up and, and talked to him and he was as nice as he could be. And we actually got the same tattoo and I just got the tattoo. I think I'd left the tattoo parlor and went to the, went to the, the clinic. <laughs> so it was pretty funny how that worked out. Uh, Cause I was like, yeah, I just got, and the only difference of mine and his tattoo, I've got a top on the top of it's like the broken heart with the v going through it it, it's kind of like a tribute tattoo when tom pat buddy came up with this logo and it just looks so cool like perfect tribute tattoo for tom that was always their um that was that was always the broken heart with the right and i just had a top hat added to mine just you know because i always wear a top hat on on stage and the top hat thing was so memorable with him. Well, Ronnie, I guess I'm going to cut you loose on this. We had enough trouble. Yeah, I, I apologize. I don't know work, what was going on with that, man. So work. that was weird, but I'm glad we made it happen and uh, I enjoyed it. We got it happening. And um, I'm going to uh, post Excellent. this next week. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I said that, but we're recording it now. But it, um, probably uh today's what the eighth yeah because it's uh Uh, lemmy for motorhead day the eighth of may the eighth of may (laughs) so yeah Yeah. man just let me know send me a link (laughs) over and and i'll hear it on my page and on the page oh i'll let everybody know that is coming on Uh, i want to thank you so much you have a good time out there in nashville um and uh, um, hopefully the next time you come play out, I'll either be here in Excellent. Florida. Well, thank you for having me on, brother. I enjoyed talking to you. And I wish we were in Florida right now because it's cold here in Nashville. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I know. absolutely. Well, you rock, right, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll definitely see you soon. Thank you. And to everybody out there, thanks for tuning into this podcast. I'm Tom Riley, and this is Tom's Peace. Podcast.